KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The idea of an asteroid or a comet hitting the planet and ending life as we know it or changing life forever, it's been with us for a really long time. And Hollywood has made a lot of money putting out movies about just that. Think Armageddon, think Deep Impact. It really is a terrifying thought, and NASA recently wanted to see if it could do anything to maybe prevent an impact by trying to alter the route of an object in space. DART, as we call it, it felt like a movie plot. But this was not Hollywood. On October 11th, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson announced how that mission went. NASA successfully crashed a refrigerator-sized spacecraft into the asteroid Dimorphos, seven million miles from Earth. I believe that NASA has proven that we are serious as a defender of the planet. We wanted to know more about what the DART mission accomplished and how important it could be, so we caught up with Dr. Eric Jensen, professor of astronomy at Swarthmore College. So to start, for people who aren't familiar, kind of explain what this DART mission was all about, what they went into this hoping to do. Right. So the idea is, so the big picture is there are lots of bodies in the solar system, lots of objects in the solar system besides the planets. So there are a lot of what are called asteroids, smaller rocky objects. Um, Most of those are out beyond the orbit of Mars, but there are a handful of what are called near-Earth objects. And what that means is not necessarily that they're near the Earth all the time, but that they have orbits that can potentially pass near to Earth at some point. And so the worry, and you've seen this in many Hollywood movies, is that someday there could be something that we discover that's on a collision course with Earth or potentially on a collision course with Earth. And then the question is, what do you do? You know, if you don't have Bruce Willis or whoever to, you know, jump in a rocket with his friends and blow it up, which is probably a bad idea. Um, And so what this mission was about was to test the idea that it would be possible to deflect one of these objects. If you wait until it's very close, then it gets very hard to do it. So it's similar to this, you know, if there's a car that's barreling down the highway and it's 10 feet away from you and going 100 miles an hour, there's not much you can do at that point. But if you somehow knew about that when it was a mile away, you could make just the tiniest change in the direction that it was going, turn the steering wheel just a tiny little bit. You would hardly have to change it at all if it's far enough away to put it on just a slightly different angle so it wouldn't hit you. And so that's what this mission, the idea that this mission was testing. So to be clear, it does not involve an object that is on a collision course with Earth It's to take something, it's like, okay, we know this isn't going to hit Earth, and so if we change its direction a little bit, that's not going to make a difference, but can we change the direction? So that's what it was trying to do. And they basically, they kind of sent a a spaceship kind of on a kamikaze mission to just crash into this to deflect it? Am I being too blunt, or is that what it was? 
That that is exactly right. I was talking to someone who said, you know, they crashed this spacecraft into an asteroid. It must have been, you know, an old spacecraft that had done something else before. It's like, nope, that this was built to go out there and smash into smash into an asteroid. And so basically, the you know, if you want to move something big, you've got to hit it with a decent amount of either mass or velocity or both if you want to appreciably change its its direction. So the chosen target here was a relatively small asteroid, only about as big across as two football fields. Now, I mean, that still sounds like a big rock, right? If it if it hit the Earth, that would be bad. But as asteroids go, there are some that are that are bigger. And the spacecraft was and was, I guess is the right term because it's not around anymore, was the size not even the size of a car, maybe like half the size of a small car, a little over a thousand pounds. And the what was accomplished was to smash it head on into the asteroid and then to measure afterwards how much the the path of that asteroid changed. And in reading and preparing for this, it sounds like they actually moved it even more than they thought possible. Yeah, that's right. So the way they were able to measure it, so this is sort of an interesting thing about the the design. If it was just a single object and you changed its path a little bit, it would actually be a little bit hard to measure. It would take a long time to measure whether you had changed it or not. Sort of like our example before with the car, you know, if you tweak that steering wheel a little bit, it could take you a while to figure out whether the path has really changed. In this case, they chose a, a special situation where there's actually two asteroids that are orbiting around each other. So what's called a binary pair of things that orbit around each other, just like the the moon orbits the earth. So they hit the smaller object. And then the way that they were able to pretty quickly measure how much it had changed was by measuring how long it took the smaller object to orbit around the bigger one. So originally that took a little less than 12 hours to go around. And they had hoped to change that by maybe a minute for that amount of time. And they actually changed it by half an hour. So like 30 times as much change as they had had thought that they might be able to do. And the, the big variable there that they didn't know beforehand was how loosely held together the asteroid was. So what happened was that instead of being just a single solid rock, it turns out that this asteroid is kind of like just like a big pile of gravel um, that there's enough gravity to hold it together, but it's not a single rock. So when the spacecraft hit it, it not only you know delivered its momentum to slow down that object, but it blasted a bunch of stuff off the surface because that stuff wasn't very tightly held. And that turns out that that extra stuff that got ejected is the reason that it slowed down more than more than the sort of minimum that they had thought that it was going to. If we extrapolate and this needs to become something we do, I don't want to say on the regular, like every three months we're trying, but you talk about that asteroid not being quite as solid as maybe we thought. Is that something you have to start accounting for? Or is that something we have a pretty good idea of things that are really solid and things that are maybe more like you described with this? I think that's always going to be a bit of an unknown, especially when something's very far away. You know, when you get, we've had missions that have have flown close to asteroids. And then once you can see it up close, you can get a better sense of that. But, you know, if we think to an example of where we would actually have to do something like this in the future, 
the initial information, all you're going to have is you're just going to see a little point of light and be able to track its path across the sky. You can get a decent sense of the of the diameter of it, the size of it from that, but you won't be able to tell right away whether, yeah, whether it's pretty solid or or less solid. Um, the good news is basically what you would have to do is kind of assume the worst case. So if you assume it's solid and then you say, okay, well, how much do we need to push it? If it turns out to be a little bit less solid than that, then you're able to move it even more than than you thought. How much are we able to track uh, debris, asteroids, comets, whatever? Like, do we have a good handle on things that at some point could become problematic and things that we, you know, can safely just assume are going to go past? Or is there a lot of blind spots just because you're talking infinite, you know, amount of, of space? Uh, I think it was in the movie Armageddon where Billy Bob Thornton's like, and that's a lot of space. So, <laughs> right, right, right. So, like you say, it's big, big sky. There's a lot of space out there. Um, we have a good handle on the biggest stuff, the biggest rocks that are out there. But the smaller you get, the harder it is to detect those things. And so, the more potential room there is for there to be stuff that we don't know about. So, it's definitely not a guarantee that we know of every single thing out there down to the the smallest rocks in the solar system. One of the things, you know, sort of a, you know, a follow on from this mission, some people are calling for more dedicated telescopes that are, that are scanning the sky to look for things like this, because the, the sooner you know about it, the farther away it is when you're able to discover it, then the more time you have to, to try to do something about it. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Eric Jensen right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. A Philadelphia dentist today was sentenced to 22 years in prison and fined $100,000. This was just unbelievable. You got to understand the genius in Larry. Nobody was doing coke at this point. No one could believe that this highly educated, young, handsome man was this kingpin drug dealer. This is Wolves Among Us, the Larry Lavitt story. A documentary podcast from C13 Originals, the Cadence 13 Studio. Listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back on KW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Dr. Eric Jensen. I think right coming into this conversation, you talked about sending something up to blow it up, and that's probably a bad idea. Explain to people, because I think the initial reaction is you know, send something with a nuke up there. And like you see in all the movies, you send it in the middle. So that's like holding a firecracker in your hand and it does a lot more damage when it goes in the middle and the hands close. But why would that be a bad idea? Why is this much more preferred to just blowing the thing out of the sky? Yeah, right. So the the problem about just blowing, just blowing something up <laughs> as if that were a small thing. The problem with doing that is that if all you do is break things into pieces, you haven't actually changed what direction and with what speed those pieces are moving. So if you have an asteroid and you, you blast it apart, basically now you have a bunch of things that are all heading towards the Earth at the same, more or less the same speed that they were before, when before you only had one thing. You know, you're, they're going to spread out a little bit and maybe there's even more chance that at least some of that stuff is going to hit the earth 
than there was before. So what you really need to do is give it a push and, and kind of give it a push to the side a little bit so that you're really changing the direction. You talked about this asteroid that they they did this experiment with about two football fields in size. About how big does something have to be to lead to serious concern that this thing not only won't burn up, but it will hit and it will do catastrophic damage, maybe not destroy the planet, but, you know, alter a part of the planet forever. Like, is there ballpark at what size you you start to really worry? Yeah, I don't I don't have a great benchmark in my head, but certainly um, when you get to sort of a mile in size, that's going to be planet wide effects of of something you know, something like this, that's, that's a couple hundred meters in size, that would still have a really big, I mean, of course, a lot of it depends on where it hits, right? Right. You know, if it falls in the middle of the ocean, you still can get tsunamis and things like that. But falling on a populated area is, is much worse. Yeah. So I would, I want to say, yeah, hundred meters and up is certainly a, a big problem area. So even this thing that I described as small would, would be a big problem. Are there going to be more of these DART missions, like trying bigger things, trying bigger spacecraft or seeing how much a smaller spacecraft? Or was this kind of a, a one off? They will get all the data from this and we'll have a good feel for if we need to pull this out of the toolbox, what it takes. I would be surprised if the answer to that is no, nothing else is going to happen as follow up. But honestly, I don't know what the um what the planned follow-up is. I think partly right now, so this this all happened just a few weeks ago, and they have the preliminary results that they were able to change the orbit. But I think there's still a lot of data to continue to, to analyze. A more complete picture will develop over the next several months of what exactly they did and what what things they know now and what things they still don't know and what the follow-up would be. When you first heard about this idea, did what did you think would happen and how do these results kind of match up with what you thought we would see? I mean, we talk about how it was 30 times more moved it more. Uh, is that surprising to you? Does it kind of compute with what maybe you thought going in? Yeah, I didn't have a great sense of it. Um, but I think that we have seen from a few, and this is relatively new information, just this idea that these, these asteroids are, what people sometimes call rubble piles, that they're big piles of rock. There have been a few missions recently that have shown that. So in that sense, it was interesting to see, but not quite as surprising. So yeah, it was mostly cool to see that. I mean, I'm always amazed with the engineering that people can do, that they hit the bullseye and um, they did exactly what they were planning to do, even at a, a great distance. This is one experiment, but I think, like these types of events you you talked about, we see them all the times in Hollywood movies. And I think everybody has kind of these moments of dread, like, boy, we don't really know what's out there and anything could happen. What we learned from this, do you think everybody should be able to sleep a little better just knowing that if we do find ourselves in this situation, like these Hollywood movies, that we've got a significant chance of, of being able to do this when the money's on the table and get it right? I think it's certainly encouraging in in that direction. Yeah, when I first heard about this mission, I thought, really, people are doing that already? Because um, it does seem sort of futuristic, right? 
but yeah, it seems to be, as far as I can tell, seems to be a really wild success and showing that this, this actually is possible. The parameters of how much you would need to scale this up to, you know, to a bigger spacecraft or something like that. I think there's always going to be a question mark there of what do you know when? How soon do you detect something? How big does it seem to be? And so sort of how much time, how much time do you have and how big a mission do you need to mount? But certainly this is this is encouraging. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.